to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC and Netflix, where I'm actually watching it. I don't know. Probably a lot of people at this point are. Uh, unless you're doing the marathon that they've got going on. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. <laughs> you you aren't allowed to speak until you until I say my name, right? I was just, that's an impressive amount of uh, pre-introduction of me information. I <laughs> wanted to see how deep this rabbit hole would go. I gotta get it in where I can. You tend to talk a lot on this podcast. That's true. That's true. I'm 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 a, I'm a maybe train. I'll do like a thirty minute segment up front. <laughs> then I'll just finish it with I'm Jim, and you can come in. Oh my God! You're like Bill Clinton at the Democratic National Convention in '88. <laughs> I think. That's a that's a hip reference, isn't it? Sure, yeah, the kids are loving that. <laughs> uh, do we have anything to talk about up front before we get into the recap? Yeah, some uh, breaking bad news on the Breaking Bad F- Fan Fest. I almost said Fear Fest. The Breaking Bad Fear Fest is a totally that would different be interesting, thing. Yeah, uh, the ABQ Breaking Bad Fest dot com, or you can get to it at Facebook dot com slash Breaking Bad Fest. Uh, some breaking information. First 50 VIP passes sold are going to get a complimentary RV recreational vehicle tour of locations in and around the ABQ. Wow. That's that's, pretty exciting. That's pretty sweet, yeah. One of those locations I misspoke last week will not be Tohajali because uh, they're just not running commercial tours out there. Okay. Because it'd probably be incredibly tasteless and offensive. I imagine so, (laughs) yeah. So that's not happening, but you can get in that if you buy a VIP pass in your first 50 ones. Also, our celebrity panel just got bigger. Not only are Jim and I going to be there moderating the thing, which, let's face it, that's the draw, right? Sure. Uh, But to sweeten the pot, they got uh, Lewis and Daniel Mancata, Mm -hmm. who are the cousins from season three. Won't say any more about them because it would be a massive spoiler. Uh, Also, Jeremiah Bitsui, a.k.a. Victor. Uh, they're joining him and Stephen Michael Cazeta, which is we all know and love him as Agent Stephen Gomez. They're going to be on that panel as well. Uh, all kinds of fun stuff going down November 7th and 8th in Albuquerque. Uh, be there or be square, and uh, we hope to definitely see you there. Absolutely. Okay, let's get into this recap. We pick up right where we left off in episode one uh, with the... Did you mention the title of this? No, I didn't. Uh, sorry. Episode 102, season one, episode two, Cats in the Bag. Uh, first half of that statement. We'll talk a little bit about the title kind of later on. Uh, directed by Adam Bernstein, who has a lot of experience with this sort of thing. Uh, he worked on almost all the seasons of Breaking Bad, if not all of them. Uh, directed an episode of Fargo. He's directed episodes of Shameless, Parented, Californication, 30 Rock, which he won an Emmy for. Huh. Uh, the be- uh, the Scrubs, Ed, Entourage, Oz, Homicide, Life on the Streets to go way back. He's just got a ton of experience, and that's one of the things that uh, Breaking Bad does really well is bring the professionalism. Written by Vince Gilligan. Yeah, they bring a lot of... Who is, I don't know if you know this, just since I, I take this for granted. <laughs> sure. But the Villigan famous mostly for X-Files and Lone Gunman. Actually, only for X-Files. Yeah, and Lone the Lone Gunman is not really a thing. It's... If you were an X-Files fan, it was most certainly a thing. I It'd bet. be like if they spawn yeah. off, spun off a Sawyer show of Lost. Or if they spun off, like, a, let's say, Saul show from some other... <laughs> for example, something that's going to be an <laughs> obvious failure on the face of it. Oh, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, we still... Not, actually, we're, I'm incredibly high on Better Call Saul now. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I don't care really what it is. I think if it's got the same people behind it, it's going to be good. The fact that they've guaranteed two seasons is a mm, real baller yeah. move. And the f- I've heard stuff like uh, it's going to have cameos from 
Cranston and Paul and yeah, it's not going to stick to like one time period or like setting. Yeah, and and, and exactly going to be jumping back and forth, and I think that sounds really hot. And if it's a dark comedy, because yeah, they then, do a ton of that in this. That's what I'm saying. Like I forgot how fucking hilarious some of the breaking. <laughs> Bad episodes were in the early seasons. Yeah, there's some really good stuff in here that we'll get. You to have to have sure. kind of a twisted sense of humor to find all of it funny. But mm. check, I have all those things. So, <laughs> so we pick up right where we left off in episode one. Walt's boning Skyler. Mid thrust. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, he then finishes Walt's, uh, or sorry, Skyler's a little disturbed by it, like surprised by it, all of the above. Yeah. It's just out of character for Walt. No, yeah, this whole episode you start to see the, it's not not even entirely to say the script is flipped, because it's not like... No, it's like in threads are coming loose from Walt's hideous sweater. The script is, is tapped and rotated 90 degrees. Uh-huh. <laughs> not entirely flipped. It's just skewed. Yeah. For her. Uh, and it starts off with him coming home so late last episode, uh, and then now he's very out of character boning her. Yeah, as far uh, as, you know, putting off arguments, mm-hmm. putting cock in puss, I don't think that just settles the matter. There's still the... No, the, no uh, it doesn't. By the way... That was great, but... Yeah, that, thank you for that. <laughs> Haven't had that kind of interaction in, in a good long while, it's probably. It's a yes and situation, right? Yeah, especially when you follow up that performance with stumbling into the bathroom and passing out the entire night. <laughs> See, I wonder how long he was passed out, because oh, he man. got home very early in the morning. I don't know. Right? So it could have been an hour. It could have been six hours. No, it has to be like an hour. All I know is I'm not nearly as old as... I'm not nearly 50 yet. Uh If I slept for even 30 minutes on a hard tile bathroom floor, I would just be wrecked that whole day. Sure. Until you had a wonderful, nutritious breakfast. (laughs) I Uh, need some Band-Aid bacon and coffee for sure. So 12 hours before that, we go back to uh, the RV... They've just crashed it, and Walt's uh, having it pulled out of a ditch. Please note for all the people who are going to be emailing us throughout the rewatch to say, what about the tape? Walt does destroy the tape in this episode. He does. It's so short you might miss it, but he snaps it in half and pulls the magnetic tape. Yep, and Uh, leaves it in the desert. Half-life of that in the desert, very short. For sure. Uh, So then he gives the the towing guy a bunch of chemical-soaked cash, and they kind of look inside the RV and survey the carnage going on in there and the this uh him and jesse doing this trying to explain the unexplicable oh my god him in no pants extremely stoic indian dude that's just he doesn't you can tell he doesn't give a shit well like, it's not that he doesn't give a shit and he doesn't buy it it's yeah it's like i'm not asking questions and i'm yeah. not believing your story and i'm just going to stare at you while you <laughs> get ever more and i spilled my coffee on my pants and yeah, it, it's things that don't really need and don't have an explanation. Plus, God, that RV's got a reek of sure. fucking chemicals. And he, as you said, he hands him this money that's just soaked, soaked in it. With uh, but nasty shit. And I like his response, both both his and Walt's response, where he kind of looks at the money. <laughs> and you don't know if he's questioning whether it's too little money or whether it's soaked in chemicals. But either way, Walt's like, that's not enough money. Let's hand mm-hmm. this guy more money. Let's keep him shut up. Let's and that's the thing. Like, I don't even know. I don't know how much it costs to get a backhoe out there and pull an RV out of a ditch in the, in the middle, middle of, of a desert. I'm, I'm, yeah, in the middle of the desert. I, I don't know. It's got to be more than the forty that Jesse handed him. 
I think he ended sure. up having a hundred. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, I don't know that the uh, last time someone came out to like unlock my car after I locked my keys in the car, it was fifty dollars. Yeah, and that took took him all of five seconds to mm-hmm. do. So I don't know what the going. Yeah, driving rate. a bulldozer out to <laughs> the middle of the desert seems like a an event. Yeah, like you burn a hundred dollars of gas just to get out there, and all day bulldozers don't go that fast. <laughs> He's just blaring Molly Hatchet riding down the road five miles an hour. Uh, so then the RV won't start, unfortunately. And the guys are talking, and they kind of say how we're gonna we're gonna leave this. We're we're gonna get out of this. We're never gonna talk to each other again once we get back to town. Uh, and then they get the RV started, but unfortunately, Crazy Eight wakes up. And they're mm. like, "Oh shit!" Which again, fucked up sense of humor. But am I the only one that found that funny? With him kind of just mumbling under this sheet. Like, just, you know, they're doing this high five, and they're excited. And they had this, the classic Cranston, you know, shut up and interrupting people, not letting them speak, and laying out all this plan. And Jesse's like, uh, well, it goes double for me anyway. Yeah, yeah. This was was not the kind of success you want to re-up for. And then all of a sudden, he goes, (gasps) after a moment of triumph. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's another uh, thing that Breaking Bad does well, just the stacking catastrophes. Mm, Something disastrous happens. uh, They do something to try to cover it up or continued operation, which causes three more disastrous problems. Yeah, yeah. Anytime I see something like that in a film or a TV show, it always reminds me of Star Wars, Mm. uh, New Hope, where, you know, they go from bad to worse constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they end up in the Indiana Jones just in the one... trash compactor, and yeah. shit's closing in on them after they discover that there's a fucking monster in there, and like, yeah, yeah, shit just stacks up. And the fact that this never really operated well, this whole procedure, sure. like you kind of, you know, if I'm going back to the precepts I had in my mind before I started watching the show, I thought that you know you'd have a season or two of them kind of more or less handling shit, and then it would be the downfall. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, from the moment, it's a series of from accidents. a moment, it's a series, a series of unfortunate events yeah. that just keeps compounding. Yeah, and it's it's interesting that the only thing that goes right in this whole process is the chemistry. Yeah, like Walt seems to have his shit on lock when he's in his element, but he's so often out of his element. Sure, and I guess that's the whole point of him getting into the drug business. So then he wakes up on the bathroom floor. We go we go back to the to the house that morning. Uh, just in time for breakfast, where he tells the story about cleavage in yearbook photos and glamour shots. Fucking glamour shots, man. Yeah. That's and, a blast and, from and the 90s. Bra- Wonder bra- bras. Sure. That uh, is another common motif, the waltz kind of uh, overly detailed, overly mannered discussion of some random mundane topic to diffuse an awkward situation. Sure. Like, nothing suspicious happening over here. <laughs> See, this is the most mundane thing I can think of. Yeah. Yeah, and he seems Would a guilty be... man be talking about yeah. teenage girls and fake bras? I know, siree. Uh, yeah, I, Walt's a very detail-oriented guy, and when he gets into these discussions on things that you don't really need to talk to the details on, mm-hmm. it, it ends up in humor. And just Skyler is too smart. Oh yeah, and uh, direct for any of this shit to work. 
as evidenced in this scene. I mean, he gets a call from Jesse, who pretends to be the AT&T guy, uh, trying to upsell him on something, and picks up the phone. And Walt... Which, kudos to Jesse. That showed... Yeah. A lot more awareness of the situation than sometimes Walt displays. Or even Jesse displays later on. Yeah. Like, it's... Yeah, yeah. Good on him. (laughs) But Walt doesn't play it very cool. Uh, He tries to, but Skyler definitely knows something's up because, you know, she calls later on. She calls a number. Um, Actually, no. She calls here when he leaves, right? Yeah, just as soon as 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 he leaves. She gets Jesse's crazy answering machine message, and she seems really confused at that point. Oh, we also forgot before we left the desert, there was a significant aside to the gas mask. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was laid out in the desert, which we'll get to by... I, I thought that, you know, when I wrote and made my notes, I'm like, oh, yeah, a couple episodes that that uh, pops back up. I'm like, oh, no, it pops up at the end of this episode. So Walt's back in the classroom, and he is teaching his students about chiral compounds mm-hmm. uh, and, and mirror images. Um, one of them asks if he's going to be on the midterm, or if this is going to be on the midterm, and Walt mistakes it for murder. That was kind of interesting. I... I don't see Breaking Bad do that too often, where he will miss here or or something that doesn't actually happen will be shown on the screen. Yeah, I feel like this was the Villigan feeling his way. Okay. And most probably, anytime we talk about him dotting the bacon gauntlet or being ham-fisted, uh, it's usually because there is a little bit of lack of faith in the audience. Hmm, okay. That, uh, you know... Brian Cranston is perfectly capable of portraying guilt and distraction and this thing's weighing heavily on his mind <laughs> without something obvious like, will this be on the murder? Uh, I mean, midterms. That's yeah, yeah. They don't need to do that for us to get it. But I don't know that they trust. I, agree with that. I don't know that they trusted the performance and the story at this point. You know, they're kind of feeling definitely Breaking Bad season one is not as good as the rest of them. Certainly. I'm not and saying it's terrible. I'm just saying that you could clearly see it's fall it's it's finding its way. Absolutely. Um Walt then takes some acid from the school. I, I also like this this chiral I guess exposition here. Again, a little ham fisted. As it relates to Walt. Certainly it's a little ham fisted. Things that shows... look identical, but one is beneficial and one is lethal and Yeah, and he's now leading this double life where he's got the family man side of him and he's got the drug uh, manufacturer side of him and even if you look at the roots behind you know left and right-handed right-handed yeah. is called dexterous uh which is you know like right correct and able and the left hand uh is sinister yeah it's interesting because the title i guess we can talk about the title of the episode here mm-hmm. um I, I know from listening to interviews and stuff um and the the official breaking bad podcast that vince gilligan is Kind of a fan of movies that are a little bit before his time, um, as far as I, I don't know what I, I think he's somewhere around fifty, maybe uh-huh, slightly yeah. younger than that. Um, but there's a movie in 1957 called Sweet Smell of Success, starring Burt Lancaster and Tony Curtis, that kind of has the the episode we saw um, in 102 kind of has its roots in this movie because there's. Um, the, the cats in the bag is the cats in the bag bags in the river, which is spoiler alert. The name of the next episode mm-hmm. is a direct quote from that film. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And obviously, you know, Walt has a secret, and the idea of the cat being out of the bag is usually a secret coming out. Uh, but right now, the cat's still in the bag, mm-hmm. and Jesse has has kept that contained by melting Emilio. Mm-hmm. Still more to go on that. I won't spoil anything. Um, but this idea of chirality, there's there's another quote in that film that says, my left hand hasn't seen my right hand in however long. Sure. So I, I think a lot of the themes coming from that movie are bleeding into Breaking Bad here. I believe it because I one thing I got an appreciation for listening to the Breaking Bad official podcast by you know Kelly Dixon and he uh, Vince Gilligan was a frequent maybe a hundred percent contributor to that podcast. He's in there a lot, yeah. He's in there damn near all of them. Is that the man has an almost encyclopedic knowledge of pop culture? Yeah, yeah. Music. Uh, one of the trivia from the first episode is when he was pitching that pilot. It was originally uh, scored entirely by CDs that he had in his personal collection. Uh-huh. There was no custom music. He just had all these random pop culture sound bits. Kind of reminds me of a more genteel version of Quentin Tarantino. The way okay, they yeah. talk and make these free associations <laughs> with movies and old television shows and actors. And yeah, they've yeah. got all that that influences the stuff they put on the, the, the screen. Yeah, he's the the southern gentleman equivalent of Quentin Tarantino, I think. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we go back to uh, Jesse. Yeah, he's, he's applying his eye makeup, oh, which is <laughs> hilarious in and of itself. Makes him look... Like, I don't know. He no longer looks beat up. He just looks like his face. He's got some severe facial deformity. Yeah, they've got a prosthetic on him, very obviously. It, it, like, later in scenes, it will wrinkle up in a weird way, and you can tell it's prosthetic, but it, it looks was, so weird. It was reused from the uh, Robin Williams version live-action Popeye film. Jesus. <laughs> it might be. You know, it's it's an it's, uh, economy of filmmaking. You noticed something that I thought was a hilarious touch, that Jesse was frantically dumping a bag full of weed onto his uh the little island in the middle of the kitchen yeah yeah and you're like what the <laughs> fuck is because he's getting ice out it's like what is he doing this weed and then we realized he's making he was, an ice pack yeah, that's it, the only bag he's got the only baggie he had in his whole fucking house <laughs> had like an ounce of weed in it and he's like i, 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 I need something to put on this this eyeball yo yeah God, it's such a great detail and you know the weed's not going anywhere on the counter like everything else he owns right uh, i think it's hilarious to see Jesse living in this house that clearly just came into his possession because there is grandma shit everywhere. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the there, timeline there is because I would believe chi- there's china in the cabinets. There's doilies on the fucking dining room table. It's fairly clean. And from what we've seen of Jesse thus far, he would probably trash that place in short order he's in the process so you look at his kitchen it's yeah. trashed already okay uh I, i'm talking about like the decorations they clash no, with no, his definitely. obviously living definitely styles. but the fact that this place is still clean too like that he could have yeah. gotten that three years ago and there's still be doilies and shit because what jesse's going to fucking go to ikea sure yeah yeah and get or, or crate and barrel or it's get so some new weird, shit though. No. like when, when his stoner friends come over do they, do they give him shit about that Get these fucking doilies off the table, man. Man, have you ever been to a real... Like a flop house? Yeah, like not, <laughs> not quite flop house, but just a, a person that's really into smoking weed and doing various types of drugs. Uh, Mostly, yeah. They have different ideas of decorate. I mean, yeah, I don't know that they would have given shit about the doilies because it's so much nicer than the caves they usually smoke in. That's true. 
damn, man, these doilies are hot. That's right. <laughs> Plus, it's like, you know, I spill my drink and shit. They're handy for mopping shit up. And So, anyway, Crazy Eight escapes from the RV, and he wanders off well, the, during this makeup session. Uh, then, on his way to Jesse's house, <laughs> Walter stumbles on Crazy Eight, who, and then pulls up next to him for some reason, taps him on the shoulder, and Crazy Eight notices who he is and he runs off and he slams right into a tree if i didn't know better i would say this was an homage to the walking dead because crazy eight stumbling to, and and yeah. you know walt seen him it seemed like something out of like you know the the pre-apocalypse part of a zombie film where it's okay. like you know maybe this inspired the walking dead there like you an, go. there you go that's why they wanted to take a and take take a chance on it Yep. Like a flyer on They it. should cast Crazy 8, the guy who plays him, as a zombie. In How Walking do you know Dead. they haven't? Yeah, you're right, I don't. <laughs> uh, then Walt, when he passes out after slamming into the tree, Walt loads him in the Aztec, and he drives off uh, to Jesse's house. Yep, poor Aztec's already been corrupted. It's already an accessory <laughs> to... Yeah, it's already had... Two crimes, kidnapping. Yeah. Uh, so we go back to Skyler, who... Him- him, him, him running to... What's the name of that song? Because that's another thing that Villigan likes to do. Uh, the name of that song is called You're Moving Me by Clyde McFadder. That's got to be... It's, it's, it's synced up to where when Crazy 8 sees him and starts to take off, he's like, I want... Oh, baby, I want to scream and shout. And then he runs into the tree. It's like, baby, you knocked me out. <laughs> so great. Sure. I like that. <laughs> uh, so we go back to Skylar at the, the White House, and she's on the internet, and she looks up Jesse's website... I'll just say she's unimpressed. <laughs> what the hell is a MILF? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was reading around on Reddit, mm-hmm. and some people apparently pointed out a plot hole that I had never thought of before, which is if Skyler is able to look up Cap and Cook on the internet in four seconds, why can't the DEA figure out who this guy is? Yeah. Um, I. I mean, she does have his phone number to reverse search it, but for some reason, I don't know how that works. But, but still, you could search in. Uh, why didn't the, I? Don't, I don't know because it, it, it if anything makes the DEA look bad because they're yeah. like it makes them seem lazy that they're just sitting back waiting for these leads to come to them. Mm-hmm. Like who is this guy? I don't know. Some guy, Cap and Cook, whatever. Uh, didn't know what he looked like. Didn't even know what race he was. It does seem a little weird that he's got all this information about himself on these marijuana leaf emblazoned <laughs> MySpace ripoff pages. Yeah, so for anybody who doesn't know, this website is actually out on the internet. You can go check it out. Uh-huh. It's on, and, and you can get to it right away off amctv.com slash Breaking Bad. They've got uh, this and the extras, the season one extras. Yeah. It's got the screenshot to the Captain Cook's crystal ship. What's on that website? Like, you get a brief uh, glimpse of it in the Insanity. Episode. His status is listed as single baby single, here for hookups, body type, lean and mean, and ethnicity says, I'm totally cool with ethnics, black, Mexican, whatever, as long as you're smoking hot, yo. Jeez. Uh, his interests include fine herbage, okay. keeping it real, uh, Ju Royu Ki Kung Fu. Oh, all right. With a blue uh, blue belt with shuriken certification, which he probably got when he was eight years old. I mean, this this is so well. There's so many levels to this because this is so much characterization put into this fucking website that he's got this incredibly specific martial art 
yeah, that yeah. he probably knows nothing about. It has a a, cert, a, a certification to throw ninja stars. <laughs> what the fuck is that even? You can definitely get certified in weapons in, uh, in martial arts. Certainly, banging skins with my smoking band twat hammer, which oh, all right, is uh, so he's a drummer for this band, and it comes up in the fringes of the show. But they also did a webisode before season two where it was like a behind the bands, yeah, yeah, that his friend Badger. Uh, and him film it's it's pretty funny you should uh google it uh, i should put that in the show notes actually okay go for all it all right I'll, I'll put this uh wet jesse's web page in the show notes i can actually be of service to these people oh I'm just what are you re- doing man I- i'm just realizing i can actually <laughs> in- provide things in these show notes that increases their enjoyment of the product damn okay uh he's also uh interested in european motocross and he plans to attend the wheelie school in vegas <laughs> All right, so we know he's got that sweet bike in the garage. Yeah. He's going to do some wheelies on it. And uh, MILFs, 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 man. Yeah, all about the MILFs. His education listed as J.P. Wayne High School, DeVry University. (laughs) Oh, just such a great touch. Quality education. Such a great touch. And the streets, yo. Um, <laughs> That's his education. Yeah, from the streets. No, nah, you should. It's it's crazy. The, sh- the pictures and shit on there. Yeah, I love it. Ugh. So then the guys have uh, Crazy Eight in the basement, and well, I guess press some information out of Jesse. Try tries to get Jesse to say, "Hey, who is this guy? What does he want? Like, what's his reputation for violence?" Cr- crazy Eight. What does that mean? It means. Crazy eight, man. Yeah. It's the 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 his attempt to get information and like you know, the Jesse came back to Starbucks. He's like, you know, he's the guy yeah. that supplies Sell Starbucks, Starbucks to beans. beans. Sure. Oh, so good. And the distributor. And he's like, you know, is there what's his reputation? Is he a businessman? <laughs> Does he act in his mutual self interest? He's like, What what do you mean? You mean he's not gonna like murder your whole family and give his Cuban neckties? No, I don't I don't have high fucking hopes. Yeah, they let the F-bomb drop there. Was that bleeped in the original version, or did they have a different take on the Netflix version? They're flying the F-flag. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I can't recall whether or not that was blanked out. They tend to just drop the volume on those. Right. Uh, but that's kind of cool, right? Like, that's something you would expect HBO to do, which is to throw in just kind of unnecessary but characteristic F-bombs. I think mean, like when you're de- when you're dealing with a guy like Jesse, the it's much it's much better if he does swear pervasively because yeah. that's the way people re- like him really talk. You're throwing not the front; it's the way people like me actually you're talk. Throwing shurikens, you're dropping f bombs. Sure, there's a lot of weapons in that arsenal. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He did try to kill us both yesterday, so there's that. Uh, Jesse's not optimistic about that. They still at this point in the episode are hoping Crazy Eight would just die. Yeah, but it becomes clear he's not going to, and, and Jesse turns on the paranoia in high gear because he's. Uh, he already started smoking meth in this scene. I think he did. Uh, yeah, I, I think maybe he has. So when he hears him scurrying around there and there, he's like, "Man, if I was down there, I'd be faking and be looking yeah. for a weapon, uh, and shit." Yep. And, and that's uh, the scene. then he improvises the the bike lock. He goes out and gets the bike yeah. lock off his motorcycle. Yeah, pretty smart. Super proud of himself, too. You can see him, like, testing. He's like, yeah, this would, this would keep someone's skull in here. Sure. <laughs> uh, so they're Maybe he's fearing, got a really big head. After the paranoia, they're fearing that there will be a crazy eight ambush when they go downstairs. Uh-huh. Um, so they head down with weapons. What what weapon is Walt carrying? I can't remember. Baseball. He's, he's baseball now got bat? the baseball okay. bat. That, that's good. 
Uh, anyway, Crazy Eight's passed out. Uh, but Jesse's not so sure about that, so he goes to the garage, he gets that bike lock. Um, then they, they come back upstairs and they argue about blame for a while. Just Another like, classic, well, is? this is, you know, this is your fault for Brit. Not that we got involved in the criminal enterprise, <laughs> yeah. but you brought these two guys out like that was Jesse's idea. Sure. He, he told them to go find somebody, and then when they came out, he was you know, pissed. And Jesse holding his ground. Sure. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, it's my idea to, talk, to ask the nerdiest old guy I know to come cook meth with me. <laughs> I'd ask my diaper-wearing granny, but her wheelchair wouldn't fit in the RV. God, that's awesome. I, uh, I just love Jesse's dialogue in this episode. And then Walt goes into a super abstract intellectual description of the problem to avoid the awfulness of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, uh, it seems to me in a situation we have to do something with the body. Chemical discorporation. Yeah. And it, it, it seems it wouldn't be inappropriate to decide the, who does what with the f- f- coin toss. Yep. So they do that, and Walt loses, in my opinion. Jesse And, and Jesse calls heads, right? Yeah. Uh, what's that say about a person? Because you what, are you a head. Heads or tails? You're a head caller, and I'm a tail caller. Yeah. I don't know what that says about us. Possibly can, nothing. Possibly nothing. Possibly everything. But I, do, I don't know. I don't know. Why do you choose heads? Uh, no reason. I just picked one and went with it since it doesn't matter. Hmm. It's coin toss. Hmm. You know, what's weird is I've got this thing because I, I started unpacking it when I was watching the scene and, and I realized I picked tails because somehow I feel like I'm gaming the system because heads what everybody says. <laughs> but you realize, of no! course, intellectually that you're not. Fully. Okay. Fully. Good. But that my, that's still what my subconscious is dishing out. Yeah. No. Okay. Uh I get it. <laughs> Fuck you, subconscious. Uh, so one of them, the the one who won the coin toss, gets to dissolve the body. Is the one who lost has to kill Crazy Eight. Mm-hmm. Walt has to go kill Crazy Eight. Um, I I I find that it's interesting that Walt always comes back to chemistry. I mean, it makes sense. Obviously, that's what they're going for here. But that's his first thought. Not like let's take these out to the desert and bury them. Uh, get rid of the evidence that way. And arguably, if they really wanted to get on the track of never seeing each other again and dissolving this business, this discorporating this business partnership mm. they've got, that would have been the best way to go. Because by all this bullshit that they're doing, this is just compounding their association, keeping them together longer. Yeah, Skyler yeah. finds out. Like, if they just dumped the body in the desert, Skyler would have never found out about this. That's true. Yeah. So I just, again... Walt's attempt to make a problem go away perfectly, his control freak nature, directly undermines him. Good point. Uh, Then Jesse calls Walt to uh, ask him which container to buy because he's at the store shopping and whether he's done the thing yet. Uh, Jesse coaches him by saying that he would think of it as doing him a favor, Mm -hmm. uh, putting him out of his misery, I guess. And then he climbs into one of the tubs to test it out in another hilarious scene. Yeah. And also he drags it to his side aisle because, you know. Yeah, you don't want people seeing you. Like that, That's kind of a weird thing to explain. Like, would I fit in this container? I bet if people saw you fucking, if people saw Jesse Pinkman fucking around in a container in the middle of a Lowe's or a Walmart or whatever, would they initially jump to, he's going to dissolve a body no. in a vat of acid? Of course not. Probably just be like, this kid's fucking tweaking or whatever. It's just, I thought that was a touch that he, 
in his own way, is trying to be slicker than probably the situation warrants. Yeah, no, you're right. Definitely. Um, Walt then searches for Jesse's house, uh, searches Jesse's house for a weapon to kill Crazy Eight with. In what you pointed out was a very Tarantino, Pulp Fiction esque scene here. Yeah, it goes, and 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 it, it's almost like it goes in, in in Pulp Fiction. It went from mundane to more and more like badass and horrific where yeah. this was a sliding schedule and you know it starts out with this this wicked butcher knife uh-huh. then a hammer then a gun's like that's ah, reasonable then a, a plastic bag yeah i guess it's the least messy right no seriously if he was still if he was still passed out and and if, if they just slapped the bag on his head yesterday yeah lock the bag onto his head just duct tape that bag we wouldn't we wouldn't be having this particular discussion sure uh, anyways, he settles on the plastic bag, and then he goes downstairs, but Crazy Eight's awake, uh-huh. uh, and he's talking to him. He begs for water. Uh, Walt doesn't want better by making him a sandwich and yeah. making him a bathroom. <laughs> he does. Uh, and then Crazy Eight asks about his cousin, Emilio. And again, a hilarious scene, just in the way it's filmed. You see the water yeah. bucket. It's like, okay. Then the sandwich, which you knew was coming from the scene before. Uh-huh. Then the bucket. Then the toilet paper, and just when you think it couldn't get more ridiculous, here comes the hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. He I thought wonder, of everything. I wonder where that comes in. Is it writing or directing there? It's gotta. That's gotta be start out scripted. I imagine it's a combination of both. They probably wrote it and said he's going to give him all these things, but then the manner in which they do it, mm. sliding in from out of frame, right? That, that's great. Right. No, it's 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 brilliant, and it's like. What are you trying to do? Make this, you know, Geneva compatible imprisonment? <laughs> right. right. I mean, <laughs> your end goal is to murder this man. Yes. So maybe not worry about the bathroom and the sandwich. And also, think about the mechanics of how you're going to shit in this bucket while you're... Yeah. Your, you wheel, sl- your wheel locked to a, uh, a pole. You got to shimmy yourself up the pole. And, and that's. Slide the bucket under. That was the other part of this performance that worked Crazy Eight's reaction. Yeah. Like, you know, he's just been gassed and killed. He tried to kill this guy, and now you're giving me hand sanitizer? What's going through Walt's head here? Like, my, my he... the E. coli on my hands from wiping my ass is not going to be made better by the fact that you've given, <laughs> you know. It's not going to be the thing that kills me. Sure, yeah. It's the lung scarring or whatever you got planned, but... <laughs> yeah, I just don't know what Walt is thinking here. He's obviously reluctant to kill a man. Sure. That's certainly in his head. But he, he's got to know eventually he's going to have to do it. Why are you going to go to these links to keep this guy comfortable? I would modify your statement. I don't think Walt's reluctant to kill this guy. Because I, there's no question in my mind he's going to kill him if it's a different if if it's going to be possible prison time for Walt. And no situation. That's what I mean. Like uh, he's he's got to kill him. Yeah, yeah. So it's just the fact that he's squeamish about it because he doesn't have the experience and uh-huh. people are squeamish about killing people. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't want to be a murderer. No, he's reluctant to be a murderer. He's reluctant to be a mur. He's reluctant to actually do the deed. Yeah. He has a relationship with murdering this guy the same way that a normal person has with going to the dentist. I know I got to do it. I know I got to do it. It's no question of mine that I'm going to. Just, oh, it's going to suck. And I'm going to put it off for a long time. Yeah, it's a weird, weird relationship he has with this uh, particular part of the crime. 
You know what else he has a weird relationship with? What's that? Joints. Because <laughs> in the next scene, he tries to roll a joint. He eventually succeeds after many failed attempts. Uh, and then Jesse comes home. He's thrilled to see that Walt's smoking weed until he realizes that it's his own stash. Uh, and then... Which, again, you know, super he's, funny. All that super funny. Yeah. Hilarious. I love it. Uh, and then he, he gets extra angry when he realizes that Walt hasn't kept up his end of the bargain. Uh, but Walt promises to do it tomorrow right before he leaves. Sure. This is where you can see some uh, some both hilarious and what I consider borderline poor makeup and prosthetic effects on Jesse. <laughs> well, and I thought... Uh... I don't know. Just Walt being high is funny because when Jesse comes and reports the fact that, hey, man, the bins are too small, you can fit. And Walt's like, well, maybe you could uh, get two bins. And he makes this kind of like yeah. weird King Solomon hand gesture, like just cut the body in half. Uh-huh. And uh, also Jesse trying to argue the sanctity of the coin flip when he's like, I'm going to go and come back tomorrow. Tomorrow? Hey, man, we flipped a coin. Yeah. We flipped a coin, yo. <laughs> Sure. The no, coin's I, been flipped. What can you say? Yeah. No, they, they both honor the coin flip for sure. Right? I mean, they both hold it in high esteem. Walt's not trying to wiggle out of it. He's just saying, I'm not ready to do it yet. Mm. Anyway, Did Skyler, you think when they said hey, he's got a doctor's appointment, it was going to be cancer-related? Uh, yeah. That's I thought it was like really, certainly a possibility. really good job if they subverted that to you thought it was going to be one thing, and then it hit you with yeah. an even more emotionally resonant thing. Yeah, absolutely. Instead, it's Skylar getting an ultrasound, and then uh, she she confronts Walt here and asks him who Jesse Pinkman is, and he has to come up with some excuse on the fly, and he says that he sells him weed. Uh, there's a lot of really good stuff in this scene. I mean, the joy that they have both seeing their child. Which is genuine. Absolutely, but then it comes crashing down as soon as Skylar mentions something that should be... You know, a funny little thing when she says, mm. oh, wait until your daughter turns 16 and she starts dating. Then you'll be sorry you had a daughter. Yeah. And Walt realizes he's never going to get to that, to see that. Right. And that's that's pretty heartbreaking. Which would be another good time to come clean with your wife. I've got cancer. Sure. I'm having a real hard time dealing with this. Absolutely. A great time. Uh, uh, Brian Cranston in this scene is just so good because you don't have to explain he's not going to be around to see this. It, it's all said on his face. Sure. He doesn't say anything. Sure. And. Uh, well, he does say some things and they're pretty funny. What did you think about his speech to Skylar about, you know, look, yeah. Because she's like, how can you smoke pot? Your brother-in-law's a DE agent. What's wrong with you? He's like, look, I'm not myself, but I love you and this has nothing to do with you. Can you just climb down out of my ass, please? <laughs> just this once. Can you? Pre- I'd appreciate it. off my ass. It's very Metalocalypse. uh Murder face. Uh, can, can can you can you do me a favor? Um, <laughs> you know what did it's you think great. of that? Did you think that that was just going to put her back on her heels? Was that appropriate? Uh, I feel like my reaction was kind when I first. If I'm being perfectly honest, mm-hmm. my reaction when he said that to Skyler was a little bit of a cheer. Like yeah, a little bit because you know the breakfast scenes have certainly not been kind to Walt, right? Uh, especially the one last episode. But yeah, I, I think this... we all want to see Walt stand up for himself a little bit. Yeah. It's also that weird kind of, um, yeah, he's doing the wrong thing, but it's his business, man. You know, like like the fact that she is 
invading his privacy is somehow worse than the fact that he's cooking meth, murdering people, (laughs) and having cancer behind her back. That's the thing. Like, she's... He has been acting very weird. Uh It's now three days out from his cancer diagnosis. He's not told her a damn thing. Yeah. You gotta start saying, what's Walt doing here? And and can you justify a statement like, climb out of my ass, when you've got such huge secrets you're keeping from your wife? They're absolutely toxic things in Skylar and Walt's relationship on both sides. Yeah. The solution of which is not to cook meth and murder people... Behind your spouse's, like, absolutely, you need to reconnect and get some intimacy and and get back on each other's team. And Walt, you need to fucking start being a man and keeping up with your, you know, if you're going to be, you know, this this control freak type of persona, you need to start owning up and keeping your obligations and getting your head out of clouds. Lots of stuff. I just, I don't know. It's, It's interesting that that was not my first reaction to have that 360 degree circumspect analysis yeah and it's i think it's kind of uh muted by the idea that walt has just realized he's not going to be around to see much past the birth of his daughter yeah uh let alone her 16th birthday and how sad that moment is for him and then her immediately going to uh questioning mode like interrogation mode yeah no she's definitely a bulldog and it's off-putting and it's weird that yeah. as me for a, a male audience member that that was more off-putting than the shit that Walt was doing. I just think that's super <laughs> interesting. Well, Skyler's statements and questions are not glorified in quite the same way that Walt's actions are glorified. No, like show. when she goes immediately and confronts Jesse, which we're going to get to in a minute, like she thinks, you know, her her being, and then, you know, she goes around Walt's back to do that. Uh, her being this you know, idea of being direct and ballsy is is comical in light of the shit that Walt's been up to that we know and she doesn't. Sure. So again, it seems like the at least through episode two, it continues that the show is kind of making Skyler be the crux of all the audience. Uh, you know, she, it's she's the audience main outlet for dissatisfaction of Walt being this doormat type of character. Yeah, this definitely. wet blanket for sure. So then we go back to school. And the kids are taking a test, and uh, Walt's freaking out a little bit, and the kids are starting to take notice. Um, not not too much to this scene here. He's just kind of zoned out, and then you know he says, "Stop!" And oh, oh, uh, in fifteen minutes, stop. Man, <laughs> That's I, so weird, right? I, I had this biology teacher in high school, Tourette's. He's either freshman or sophomore, and I swear to God. Uh, he was a woman's basketball coach, which is neither here nor there, okay. but he would come to class every day. He would throw on a overhead of notes that was yellowed. Probably he'd used for years <laughs> on and he would drone, please copy this in your notebook. He'd go to the front of the class and he would sit with his hands in his head. Oh no. And he would just make these like, <sighs> noises the whole time like if you'd go up to talk to him and ask him a question about the lesson plan uh-huh. he would tear himself away from whatever existential crisis he was going through long enough to answer in as few words as possible mm-hmm. or just get you back this and he would go right back to hands as it rubbing his temples <laughs> like i don't know whether the man was in excruciating hallucination causing migraines i should pity him yeah or or does he drank himself to sleep every night was dealing with this massive hangover Could or be. what 
but oh my god, he's the worst. Tenure, baby, tenure. Maybe, maybe he was just cooking <laughs> meth on the side, and I, I didn't know. He just killed he a man. Yeah, yeah. And all I can think of is, goddamn, our teacher's weird. Put put an ounce of effort in your lesson plan, you dick. Yep. So Jesse smoking meth to psych himself up to melt a body, uh, and then Skyler shows up. By the way, this doesn't seem outside. like a very healthy use of drugs. Getting super high before trying to murder someone that's chained to a pole, that's not a good drug comp. You don't you don't get you don't get blazed <laughs> out of your skull to murder someone. So and getting methed up to dissolve a he's corpse. He's not actually murdering anyone, yeah. No, no, I'm just saying. But yeah, I get your point. You get uh, methed up to go to a party. You get methed up to clean a bathroom. You get methed up to dissolve. That's just going to make everything more horrible, right? Yeah, I don't want to like drop acid and try to dissolve a body in a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be maybe the worst thing I could That's think of. That's a bad trip. That's a bad trip. Uh, yeah, uh, another bad trip is when he goes downstairs and outside and Skylar shows up. Oh, Man, this is so tense. Because you can see Emilio's feet sticking out behind that car. Yeah. Uh, she catches him in mid-drag. Yeah. I was really worried that she was going to find out right here, Plus right he now. he had just smoked a bowl of meth. Yeah. How paranoid do you have to oh, be? Oh, I, I mean, I've never smoked meth. I don't know. But mm. just judging from the rest of the work, canon works of Breaking Bad, it makes it pretty fucking paranoid. He handles it remarkably well. Yeah. Yeah. He, like, gets her looking the other way, uh, kind of shuffles her off, just agrees to everything she says, okay, 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 get out of here, uh, and then kind of shuffles her off without her looking back at all. No, like, if you've ever she... gotten fucked up and then ventured out in public, you can know how, how like, how harrowing <laughs> an, an encounter with a Seven Eleven clerk is, can be. Yeah. Like, there's alone... a white-knuckle experience, let alone... <laughs> the wife... Of the man that you are about to commit murder with, or did commit murder <laughs> yes. with, uh, and Make when she tells you homicide. that she has a DEA brother-in-law yeah. that she's going to report to you, it's like, oh my god, yeah. So he agrees to stop selling weed to Walt. Yeah, <laughs> I would too. Um, and then she's like, "Hey, just uh, none of my business, but you should consider a different line of work." Uh, okay. Yeah. Again, okay. I, I felt like Skyler. I felt like Skyler was a dick. My first reaction Why? was like, oh, fuck you. Well, no, that's, uh, that's what I'm saying. Because you're shutting down Walt's weed supply when he clearly, I guess, is going through some shit and might be relying on it. I don't know. Well, like in this scenario where she thinks that that's what's happening. No, no, no. That's a whole other issue. I'm talking about her unsolicited advice to Jesse. Oh, to get in a different line of work. Yeah, like a total stranger to just threaten you. You can't just turn around and then like fucking have it the more you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, s- scenario. There's going to be no rainbows and shooting stars at the end of this. We should segment. put one in there. That'd be funny. <laughs> Breaking no. Bad's community. Uh, what are those called? Public public service, service announcements. announcements? Yeah. We should do some Breaking Bad PSAs. There's something about though. Leaving aside the fact that yes, Skyler is going around and boxing Walt out out of his own fucking business instead of just hey. Uh, I know you were having a weird moment in hospital and you fucking totally dismissed my concerns, but we need to talk about you smoking weed because all my concerns, this isn't about climbing up your ass. No, her solution oh, was Jr. after being rebuffed one time, yeah, uh, to just go and fucking take matters in her own hands. That's not cool. Seems like that's what she does though, right? That's who her character is. And, and, you know, if that's who And Walt has conditioned her that be... that's okay, I, I think, guess, I, I think so, yeah. 
uh, or that she doesn't she doesn't have a trust that Walt will do the right thing, or she can <laughs> yeah. have a conversation with him. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, Walt clearly is a man who has basically given up in life, right? He's just treading water. Yes. And I think Skylar picks up on that, and she kind of doesn't find that attractive. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. She's disappointed in him, I think. Yes. And and rightfully so. I mean, he's doing the bare minimum that he has to do, right? Well, it's just a... Such has, a sudden, sudden behavior and mood switch. I don't know that she. Well, I'm talking about even the beginning of the series where mm. Walt starts out. Uh, it's, it seems like he's he's just coasting. He's doing what he has to do, and he has no passion for anything anymore, including her. And yet, scholars seem happy. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, other her relation, her, I mean, she was disappointed in, you know, obviously her writing career didn't show up, but she does seem to take like this maniacal joy in the eBay shit and managing yeah. her husband's life with the, you know, like, I'm sure that uh, Skylar's the one that ordered that fucking stepper sizer and for sure she's <laughs> behind the band aid bacon. Yep, yep. Um, it's, it's a really interesting familial dynamic. For sure. Uh, then. After uh, Jesse goes back inside, he struggles quite a bit with his plan to dissolve Emilio in the bathtub. Uh, he's got to drag him inside. He's got to try and pull him up the stairs. Which, again, yeah, he drops him. He's boom, 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 boom. The guy's head's bouncing around. Yeah, Co- comedy gold. Very funny. Comedy uh, gold. I don't know if it's comedy gold. I think it's comedy gold. <laughs> uh, it's he, comedy, <laughs> comedy, comedy whooping cushion. Whoopee cushion. He finally hauls him upstairs. He throws him in the bathtub, and he starts gagging while pouring hydrofluoric acid on this guy. Another classic Breaking Bad Gonzo camera angle. Yeah, through Re- the bottom of the bathtub. Reverse through the transparent bathtub. I love it. This show has style. It and certainly that's does. just one small piece of evidence for it. Uh, after that, Walt shows up, and Jesse tells him what happened with Skyler, and he also tells him you know, what he did with Emilio, and Walt's like, oh my god. Oh, God, you did what? You put him where? Mm-hmm. And he walks into the hallway, and he sees Emilio's guts fall through the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> in, in what is maybe the most horrific Breaking Bad scene uh, ever, right? I mean, that's pretty... Uh, man, there's a lot of fucking horrific scenes in this. I don't know if I want to give the crown just right, but it was This defin- is disgusting you on a level s- that... You can see like a central mass of yeah. red material, a pelvis torso. bone, and then just nondescript chunks Goop. of meat and liquids. Ah, yeah, it's it's, 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 it's definitely a strong one-two punch with the pilot. Absolutely, yeah. I did not expect to have a body dissolved in acid in episode two when no. I when I checked in for this show. Yeah, if there's any rate and and. And this is really where it hooked me. I was like, okay, if that's what I'm watching, then I'm in. Yeah, because you, you kind of wondered whether they could maintain that level of excitement of the pilot and that pace. Although, again, uh, in reading the reviews of this episode, I continued to see guys like Seppenwall talk about the pacing being slow and how he oh, wasn't sure so where weird. it was building. I was just like, wow, uh, in the second episode, they didn't pause and take the breath at all. It's just continuing like one damn thing after another. I thought it was great. Yeah, the the pacing is a weird subject on this because I don't think it was slow. I think the idea of the episode could have been slow. These guys are deliberating on 
what to do about these bodies and how to do it. That, on the face of it, could be a very slow, boring, exposition-heavy episode, but it certainly didn't come out that way. No, and there was a lot of random, like, Walt just dicking around with the marijuana for 90 seconds. Sure. Little marijuana-tage. marijuana That was super interesting to me and entertaining. So it's like... Yeah, that was fluff or is filler, but at one point, I think I've had this rant before. At what it's point? It's just fun to watch, though. Yeah, at what point is filler not filler? It's so well done that it's actually part of the meat. It's part of the characterization of Walt, too. Sure. Uh, and, and the stuff with Jesse sitting in tubs at the hardware store. Yeah, that's the, the comedy that they splashed in here. Really made this episode work. Well, in my opinion. Yeah, that's the quintessential. Breaking Bad has it all. It's got action. It's got superb acting and writing, but also just has really uh, laugh-out-loud moments as well. Absolutely. Uh, In the final scene of the episode, a couple of kids are playing in the desert, and they find the gas mask that Walt and Jesse left there uh, outside the RV. And that's it. Fade to black on this song, The Hole, by Glenn Phillips, who, I don't know if you know this, is the lead singer of Toad and the Wet Sprockets. Hmm. Yeah. My toad and or sprockets knowledge is is severely lacking. Mine too. People probably knew that immediately if you're a toad and the wet sprocket fan. I imagine if you're a toad and wet sprocket fan, you sat up and took notice. I'm sure. Yeah. But it, it's a good song to end the episode on. Um, there were a couple of other songs playing throughout. The Dave Porter, who we will talk about significantly in future episodes, uh, does some good work here during the bike lock scene. Uh, it's just called the bike lock that track then there's keep ballin by trump which is the song that's playing on jesse's my shout page sure uh and there's nine years by tickla while walters is smoking pot yeah and i know the guy who is responsible for picking out most of the tunes and i, I know that vince had a few earmarked but i think his name's tomic uh thomas galubic okay or i'm terrible at pronouncing names i know he's been on a few of the insiders but uh could it be Golly back or gal Gal? But anyway, he's the man uh, responsible for picking out these very perfect tracks. Uh, anything that's not Dave Porter, anything that's not original yeah. music, he's responsible for. Okay, and that's the end of the episode. Indeed it is. Felt shorter, but last last one was a full hour long. Hmm. Do you okay. think some of these pacing problems people are talking about is if you watch it with the commercials embedded? It might be, yeah, because that spaces stuff out. Could, could space stuff out awkwardly. And I know there's been some times where I've noticed the commercials and their effect on pacing. But yeah. guys like Seppenwall, who are writing these articles, are watching it from the basis of screeners. So oh, that's true. Yeah. They, don't have, they don't have that stuff in, embedded in there either. I don't know. No idea. Should I do some pimping and then some feedback? Sounds good. Well, hey, if uh, you like the stuff that Jim and I are doing here at baldmove.com, there's a few ways you can support us. Number one, you can go to subbable.com slash baldmove. It's a voluntary subscription site where you can exchange uh, your money and your durable goods for not-so-durable bald move goods into premium alcohol that Jim and I use to fuel our, our product as he drains the last of his fifth of whiskey. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Speaking of, we need to make a... It's, it's about time to make another liquor run. It's better than hitting a we need to see, pipe. We need to see what the subbable accounts got so we know how high class yeah. we can roll this month. But uh, yep. go there and check out the pitch. You can also use our Amazon.baldmove.com link instead of Amazon.com. It takes you to the same page, except for this time... 
you are loaded for Breaking Bad, Bear, and you will be directly supporting us. And it's not nothing. I mean, people yeah, yeah. sometimes ask me, like, you know, how much does this really help? Over a third of our fi- of our funding comes from you people using the Amazon link, so it helps Full out a lot. Fifty bucks at least. <laughs> 50 bucks. It's 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 sizable, and and we thank you very much. And if you can't do any of those things because uh, you don't like Amazon and and uh, you're low on fundage or you just don't give a shit, sure, your shitometer is not pegged that high. That's cool, man. I understand it. <laughs> if you if if you could go to uh, iTunes and rate and review us, and or tell a friend or family member, share us on social media, that too. Uh, really help us uh, grow things. Yeah, I can't believe how many new iTunes reviews we've got on the Breaking the Breaking Good iTunes page. It's crazy. I know we have a ton, and that's the thing. Like, I'm afraid people go there. And it's like these people got a thousand reviews. What the fuck? But iTunes, we when did, it comes... I saw at least 15 new ones since we started this up, and it's that's just awesome. Like, that's, I can't believe it. That's what gets us back into the what's hot, which was what you know. That's that's the thing. Like, rate review in isolation does nothing, but if, if several people do it a week. It gets us back into circulation, so our our, our show gets uh, our gets bigger. And yeah, I in just that, just guys. the um, uh, I will say that things look good from a a traffic perspective. I don't know what my expectations were. I kind of went in without them, but yeah, I had no expectations. Sometimes we we kind of know based on you know the audience size of a show if we're going to get a certain number of downloads. This one I had no idea. Because we've never done a back catalog like this before. But pleasantly surprised, and I yeah. have a feeling that a lot of people probably don't, you know, haven't been aware that we're actually ginning this thing up again. So yeah, uh, thanks for everybody's efforts. Uh, I know Shane Bowman, uh, you know, has done his companion pieces in the Heisenberg Chronicles on his Tumblr site, um, and there's been other people have been talking about it too. So we really, really appreciate all that, all Absolutely. that excitement. Yep. Uh, let's get to some feedback. First off, Barry Carter has a little question for us. Maybe we have a little A. Are you stopping when you reach the episode you started podcasting from, in our case, season four? I think so. Or are you redoing podcasts for all of the episodes? I don't think so. <laughs> are you ruling it out? Uh, so the experiment was back catalog, right? Yeah. Uh, I do feel like it's going to be a little weird once we hit season four for listeners if if you go from season one through three where we clearly have knowledge of the show we're saying all these inside jokes and then you get the origin story it's like this weird flashback sure sure uh so maybe we'll redo them i will say that i definitely think it's interesting i think it's all going to come down to how well received these podcasts are our sure our returns on you know looking at the traffic for the first one we are pleased with i mean it's Weird again, we didn't have any expectations. So, mm-hmm. um, so there's a lot of other questions similar to this, like, hey, are you going to do Mad Men? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? It just it really depends on how well these things are received because this is not something we've ever done before. You know what might be interesting is to take those episodes and just do spoiler addendums to them. Mm. Just add those on. Yeah, because why would we do the whole thing? Sure, we've already discussed the whole thing from a fresh perspective. We Let's could just do have it. spoiler and feedback on them. Yeah. Bang that shit out in like 20, 30 minutes and you're done. And, and I think it's it's just as valuable as a full podcast. Probably more valuable. Because the, the recap is lit- would literally be a rehash. Because we don't, other yeah. than the very, you know, some... And people seem to be pleased with how we're handling spoilers. That we do 
identify themes and and characters and stuff like that to be on the lookout for, but we don't uh-huh. actually spoil specific actions or character arcs and stuff like that, except for in the oh, spoiler section. Oh, don't we? Oh, oh, yeah, in the spoiler section, certainly we do. Yeah, but I was asking some of the noobs, because there's surprisingly an, uh, a, a, a surprising number of people that are watching this for the first time with us. Yeah, yeah. heard so much about it, and this is now their their impetus to get into it. Sure. With the Breaking Bad, um, you know, marathons are doing and all that stuff on Sundays. Yep. That uh, I did want to make sure that we weren't trampling on those people's spoiler sensitivities. Yeah. But that said, stay the hell out of the spoiler section. Because <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of spoilers. Indeed. Uh, Andrew P., a note about Walt Jr. and disability. A couple times you've mentioned, or you guys have included Walt Jr. and his, his cerebral palsy. Or cerebral palsy is among the big reasons Walt needs to raise lots of money if he's going to die soon of cancer. One of you also mentioned the idea that Skyler has to quote-unquote take care of Walt Jr. because of his disability. Yet even in just the first episode, it struck me that while Jr.'s disability is a theoretical reason, he doesn't appear to have any particularly unusual special needs. He's self-sufficient and strikes one as a pretty uh, strikes one as pretty employable. He doesn't seem helpless at all. The worst thing he gets in the pilot is teasing from assholes in the store. As someone who has had physical disabilities all my life, I can relate, and the portrayal is pretty accurate for someone with moderately severe impairments. By mid-teens, you've got the physical difficulties well in hand, and the most thing uh, the most thing about it is the stigma, not of the disability itself. And in case you weren't aware, R.J. Mitt, Mitty has the disability he portrays. I believe he just intensifies the voice impairment mm-hmm. a little. That's a really good point, uh, Andrew. And I will say thank you for sending us in, because one of the... And we talk a lot about privilege on this podcast, and I, I, we try to do a really good job about considering from racial and gender and other and you know this, our, our straight biases. But the one thing I haven't spent a lot of time thinking is the whole able bias. Sure, that Jim and I approach the world from able bodied perspective, and we might say things that seem silly, like the fact that well, you know, Walt Jr. needs all this help. Does he really? Walt no, Jr. could do shit tons of stuff and to earn a pay. I mean, he could easily do either one of our former jobs. Sure. I, I mean, that's evidence when, you know, Walt Sr. Uh-huh. drives him to school and just says, peace, I'm out. Yeah, right, right, right. See you later. He's not going to, like, help him to his locker and get him his books and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, so us worrying about him might might have been a little patronizing from that perspective. Certainly, so, yeah. It wasn't intentional, but I, I appreciate you... Uh, you know, kind of bringing that to our attention. I, I am curious about the the pants scene. Yeah, in, in and that. also Skyler is like in there helping him. No, he he puts his own pants on. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But a, why are they going shopping? Are they coddling him a little bit too much? Do, do we I get that impression? Like Skyler? No, because Walt Junior definitely said he needed help and he wanted his dad in there. So oh, that's that's true. Yeah, um, I'm sure he could have done it, but it's almost like well, if you got yeah. You know, it's kind of like we same things like we can open our own doors, but it's nice when people mm-hmm. hold it for us. Uh, I also yeah. think that there was something that influenced me, my thoughts on that, that there is a deleted scene where Walt Jr. offers to help uh, Walt prepare what we know, uh, um, the baby's room, you know, yeah. to start painting. Mm-hmm. And Walt gives him a hammer and it's and, you know, Walt Jr. kind of struck to pull nails out of the wall. Yeah. And Walt Jr. kind of struggled with his braces and getting the hammer and he was doing it, and his dad kind of looked at him like, you know, maybe he will need help or that was something he was feeling guilty about that he was going to leave him without with maybe at that. Sure. Help. So at the same time, I like Walt Jr.'s confidence, right? Like 
I don't get those fucking need, I don't nails need out. to be coddled. I will get these fucking nails. It Leave might take him a little bit longer than a person doesn't have to, you know, sure. deal with braces and, you know. But he's going to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, our old friend DC wrote in and said, what I can never get my head around is how much Skylar hate seems to stem from the fact that men feel entitled to great hand jobs on their birthdays and seem outraged when one of their number isn't getting one. Uh, no, I just require attention during my hand jobs. Yeah. Sorry. Or I'll do it myself. I don't give a fuck if it's my birthday <laughs> yeah. or president's day. I don't care. If you're going to do a job... Do it right. I would like the full. I would like at least the majority of your attention to be on the job. And I, so we, I had a little back and forth with her. Um, <laughs> again, I feel like that it's not. That's not one of the indicators of Walt is some kind of entitled asshole. The fact that you know on his birthday, and what you think is supposed to be a loving couple. Mm-hmm. that you get a little bit of frisky attention. It's not even that, right? It's like she initiates the hand job. Yeah. Presumably it's something she wants to do, but it's very obvious she doesn't give a shit. Yeah. That's the problem I have with it. If he were to say, hey, baby, give me a hand job," she's like, oh, God, okay, fine. Yeah. It's a little different. Yeah, no, I get, I get you. But I definitely think that it's not – you don't have to be a raving misogynist to look at that scene and be like, Jesus Christ. I I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Mike J said at one point you guys were talking about who could play Walter White other than Brian Cranston. He liked to uh, throw Kelly Grammer's or Kelsey Grammer's <gasps> hat into Kelsey ring. Gra- you know, maybe he cites his character in Boss, which I've heard a lot about, as playing a great dark character. Uh huh. He does have the intelligence. I think you give Kelsey Grammer a couple shots of whiskey. Yeah, and he is. Fucking Heisenberg. He can be intimidating, and he can he does very well displaying a very intelligent, calculating person as well. Is this spoilery? What is spoilery? The discussion of of the character traits of Walter of White Walt turning evil. What that, that we don't actually see yet. I don't think so, because again, the mission statement of this is. Uh, chips to Scarface. Scarface. That's something we always came back to in our watching of the shows. Like we know yeah, where this right. has to go. Okay. So, so yeah, I could see Kelsey Grammer getting pretty dark. Yeah. Especially a liquored up. Uh, maybe. I mean, this poke him like a like you would a bull. Yeah, in yeah, a bull yeah. Fight. It's <laughs> just stick him in the side with something and, and unleash him on the set. I mean, and it's arguable that this show's <laughs> already gotten pretty fucking dark. Walt is. Has gassed a person. He's dissolved yeah. a corpse in yeah, yeah. acid. I mean, let's talk about that. Way darker than <laughs> one would suspect from you know just starting the show five minutes in. No, it surprised me, and that was part of what hooked me. Uh, let's see. Titus D said, "All right, just finished season one, episode two, and the pilot two, and a couple things jumped out to me. First, just how dangerously close Skyler comes to finding out about everything. If she peeks around that car, it's over." I don't know how she or the family would have taken all that given their view of Walt at the time. That's a very good question. What does Skylar do? Episode two, she finds out Jesse dragging her body, and it later is let we find out that Walt was involved in that murder. Uh, Ultimate game of what if. Uh, sure, yeah. That, I mean, all of this is obviously speculation. Uh-huh. I think marriage is over immediately. Mm, Boom. Interesting. You've, you've been implicated in a murder. I cannot live with you. Sorry. Mm. Uh, the other person I might like to see try to play Walter White slash Heisenberg. All right. Michael Fassbender. Mm. What do you think about him? A younger Heisenberg? 
slightly because younger. I think yeah. part of part he's of like Walt's charm 40-ish. is he's right there for the mid, thirty something to forty in, in the midlife crisis. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he's certainly intense. He's got the yeah. intensity. Yeah, I wonder if he could play kind of the the tamer, nicer version of Walt. I don't know that I've seen him play a role quite like that. Uh, I mean, he's he's. I don't know. I I feel like he's got a tons of range. He does tons have of tons range. of range. I just don't know that I've seen evidence yet. Uh, let's see, Titus. Oh, he said. Secondly, I was remembering how plausible the whole body disposal felt on first watch. I remember thinking it made sense for him to use chemistry, his chemistry background to handle that situation. Yeah. Obviously, it's just played up for TV, but when I first saw the episode, I was immediately sucked into the show. I remember my dad telling me the story of some sort of killer that used sulfuric acid uh, in a porcelain tub to dissolve their bodies. So I was always in the back of my mind and seen it on screen, I thought, too. Mm-hmm. Turns out... Uh, there's a Mythbusters episode about the had Aaron Paul and, and Vince Gilligan, and they were talking about this stuff. Turns out that there is no acid known to man that can dissolve bodies as fast, yeah, yeah, and completely as what we see in Breaking Bad. But it's a liberty they take, and I'm fine it, with that. Me too. Yeah. Uh, let's see. That's it for the feedback. We got some spoilers. If you care to consider, if you if you'd like to play us a musical cue and get us out of here. Sure. Uh, otherwise, please leave us feedback on uh, Breaking Good at BaldMove.com. You can also participate on our episode watch threads and our podcast threads on Facebook.com slash BaldMove. And, of course, tweet any 140-character witticisms <laughs> and observations to Jim over here at BaldMove. Which will almost certainly never be read on the podcast because they are ne- necessarily not meaty enough. <laughs> you might you might make him chuckle on the toilet, though. You might. Andrew Toby every once in a while gets me. Oh man, he's fucking <laughs> he's the he's he's beast mode on Facebook. Uh that's all I got. Spoiler section, man. All right, let's do it. Uh, I'll see you guys next week and until then I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. back with the spoiler section what do we have this week uh i just first it's going back to see season one jesse and then comparing him <laughs> to like season five jesse and the He's change and day. in maturity mm-hmm. and intelligence and just the way he carries himself is fucking staggering yeah it's it's really interesting in the context of Walt trying to be his mentor, but him, Jesse, not really finding a great mentor until he meets Mike. Yeah, right? or, and and Gus was, was had more yeah, than a little bit of hand in that. Sure, but I feel like he really just buddied up with Mike, and Mike taught him so much about how to uh, just carry and present himself. Something else I wanted to b- bounce off to is, you know, a lot of times in later seasons we talk about how Walt has done this to Jesse. Walt's done this to Jesse. Uh-huh. Jesse does his fair amount of egging on Walt, too. Oh, like, yeah. notice in this episode, it's Jesse, the one saying, hey, man, just think like it's you're putting him out of your misery, yo. Like, he's sure. the one that is making the justifications and excuses. Mm-hmm. And Walt's the one that's really troubled and having that the a hard time taking that step of, of killing the person. Uh, so yeah. I think that's another thing that I'm interested in looking forward to is how much karma... I think people felt sorry for Jesse because it seemed like he was paying his karma tab immediately. 
Yeah. Whereas Jet, whereas Walt just kept stacking up and stacking up and he stacking kept dodging up. it. Yeah. yeah. And we know that Villigan's big on that. But I, I, I wonder how balanced the scales are going to be towards by by the end, or at least until well into the season, and how much of Jesse went into formulating Walt versus Walt, you know, twisting Jesse. I think that's a pretty good progression for both of their characters, though, given, you know, kind of what a loose cannon Jesse can be at the beginning of this show. Uh, he, it seems like that character would naturally pay their debts quicker, right? They're going to do shit that's going to get people angry and get them in trouble, and they're going to catch beatings. And sure, sure. they're going to have that payoff, whereas Walt is more calm and calculated. Eventually, he can't weasel himself out of it, but... You know, all the way up until then, he was able to think or plan his way out of things. Right. Uh, another thing, in the beginning of the episode, we had Walt and Jesse's routine over the, you know, you're going to flood it. You're going to dis- kill the yeah. battery. Uh, this is a, a, it gets called back in four days out. Oh, yeah. It turns yeah. out Jesse himself is the one that left the accessories on and drained the battery. And Walt has to build a robot to get them out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Also, but Walt was the one who told him to put the keys up front, like not to leave the keys on the table. Right. Because Jesse wouldn't have put the keys in the ignition if it were up to him. Sure, sure. So, yeah, there's that question there, too. Uh, And, you know, Walt, of course, blaming. We talked about that in the series. That's kind of a, or in the episode proper, that's kind of a recurring motif. Mm -hmm. Uh, Interesting. Jesse here says, yeah, nice job wearing the pants when his. uh, when Walt's wife shows up, Skyler, to think, confront him. Do you think that one hit home? Uh, well, in season two, episode 12, Phoenix, Jane confronts Walt about the money he owes to Jesse uh, and blackmails yeah, yeah. him, and Walt barks back to Jesse, nice job wearing the pants. Yep. So yep. a little, little dueling callback there. Uh, something I don't think we talked about is Crazy 8 chopping the crust off of his sandwich. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is the genesis of Walt taking the little picadillos and, and motifs the affectations. And, and affectations yeah. of his victims. Absolutely. So there, uh, uh, I, 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 did, I did like that quite a bit. Yeah, and it has not happened yet, but it will very soon. Also, Jesse's... I think next episode where he makes him the sandwich and he cuts the crust off. Well, and then we uh, see and then start, the porcelain plate breaks, and, and we start yeah. seeing that later on as he he uh-huh. always cuts his crust off because yeah, when he's like living alone in his apartment, he's cutting his crusts off. Um, also, Jesse's uh, cautioning Walt about, hey, you know, if I yo, if I was him, I'd be down there faking, I'd be looking for a weapon, uh-huh. I'd hide it. That immediately comes to next episode, as we'll see. They're both getting an education, no oh, doubt. Sure. Like oh, sure. Walter on the streets and Jesse on the chemistry, right. I I think it's brilliant, and also the coin flip mm-hmm. that he does that that Walt does and uh, you know loses to and and kind of decides his fate about which you know that he's going to have to commit his first murder. Mm-hmm. Very similar to Skyler, she decides a, a a similar fateful decision in the episode corner when she drives out to the Four Corners monument, flips oh, a coin. Right. Both both of the whites are coin flippers. They are, but Skyler, she she denies yeah. the the sacredness of the coin flip. She Didn't cheats like, the coin her to flip. Go to Arizona or something, and she and dro- she she, she nudged her toe back over the border of New Mexico. Yeah, and uh, her and her family pay pay a heavy price for that. They do, they do. 
that is all I got. I do want to say that I was super impressed with uh, Shane's Heisenberg Chronicles companion piece of this. It just dug up all kinds of really cool background information. He had links to most of the stuff that we talked about, um, some stuff that I'd never even heard before. Uh, he turned me on to this site, Seriable.com, that okay. has these uh, Breaking Bad observation threads where they really dig deep. I would say too deep because they're big into the color <laughs> analysis. Already? Yeah, man. Two? Like, and and I, I noticed sure. that the colors seem to contradict. Like, yellow is can be life and death, and red can be yeah. blood or yeah. energy. And it's like, definitely, Vince Gilligan pays attention to color. Yeah, as a way to set aside themes and set aside characters. But I don't think it's literally like a Rosetta Stone that gives you that much. No information, and, into... and and what do you do at a certain point, right? You've got X amount of characters and X amount of colors you can use, and X right. amount of episodes. Yeah, uh, they can't always reflect what they're thinking. No, uh, I think there are key scenes like Walt in all red swilling the wine, or the uh, transformation at the dinner table with Hank. Yes, I, I think you know going from the tan shitty colors that he's wearing to the nicer clothing that he wears as Heisenberg. That's a big difference, and that means something. And the best one I saw was in Reddit. Someone someone illustrated. They used two lines. They used a a uh, to represent Walt's wardrobe in each episode, a uh-huh. top and bottom, and then they did that for every episode. And you can see like gradually it went from these bland colors to as he starts to come alive, some greens, and then as he you know descends into darkness, darker reds and mm-hmm. charcoals and stuff like that. So. There's definitely a transformation that's illustrated there. But again, it's kind of like the same with the Mad Men stuff. Some of this is not like dream imagery where if your teeth are falling out, that means you're worried about a big decision or, you know, you have a boner because you – I don't know what having a boner means. Uh, You're about to get in the meth business. You're backed up. Or you just got in the meth business. But no, super impressed. Uh, Heisenberg Chronicles – Check that out. I'll put a link to it in my show notes. Okay. As well, all the other stuff that I promised in this episode. But he's 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 tearing it up. There's one other thing before we finish off the spoilers uh, that I wanted to just mention briefly, and it relates to the movie Sweet Smell of Success that I talked about earlier. Uh-huh. Um, this idea of the title being split in two with cats in the bag, bags in the river. Well, we know that it's not completely because we see that gas mask that we know later on is discovered uh, by the kids. And mm. then is given to Hank, and that tracks mm. him back to the school, and that sure. gives that's kind of the in for law enforcement. Period. Sure. So the cat is not totally in the bag in the river. The cat is not in the bag. They might think it is, but it's not. Mm. Well, that's 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 Walt's caper in a nutshell. Sure. And in the end, uh, the character Falco ends up telling uh, Susan or Sarah, I think it is, mm. um, about the plot. So the cat does get out of the bag. Mm. So part of the movie uh, that bleeds into the show there. Good stuff. Yeah. Anything else? Nope, that's it. All right, I think we've given all the credits and another yeah. another week in the books. See you, see you next week for episode three. Definitely.